Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wellness of Madness podcast. I am your host, Laura Ray, and today we are going to be talking about psychogenic seizures, better known as non-epileptic seizures. So let's get this party started. All right, guys, so before we get right into this episode, I wanted to start by saying thank you so much to everyone that has been listening to the podcast. Your support means the world to me, guys. I am really happy to announce that this is the second season and it's coming to an end. Uh, today's episode will just be with me, no guests today. And then the next episode, which will air on March 22nd, it will be the season finale. And as a very special guest, I will have my mom because I think it's so important to have a mom's perspective on mental health. So I'm very excited about that episode, guys. That will be the finale for season two, but I'm so excited for season three, guys. Season three will be here in May, and it's going to have a lot of fun new aspects to it, some changes, and some really, really special guests. So make sure to stay tuned. So thank you again for everyone's support. Thank you for watching, for listening. It really does mean the world to me. So let's go on with today's episode and talk about psychogenic seizures. And before we get into psychogenic seizures, though, we're going to talk a little bit about Tourette syndrome. And if you're watching the podcast today, I think it'll be a special treat because I'm extra twitchy. <laughs> so if you don't really know what Tourette syndrome may look like, this is a great time to hop on YouTube and watch this podcast because I am extra twitchy. So let's start by talking a little bit about Tourette syndrome. If you don't know what Tourette syndrome is, and maybe you're basing it on what you saw on TV or a cartoon or a joke, uh, that is not the best way to base it on because Tourette syndrome is a nervous system disorder and it comes with repetitive movements and unwanted sounds. So it's not always yelling certain bad words. Actually, that's only 20% of people with Tourette's. However, it is a lot of crazy movements and a lot of word repetition. So in my case, I started having ticks and twitches at a really early age, probably around like six or seven. Things like eyelid twitching or maybe shrugging my shoulders, very small twitches at first. And unfortunately, I'm in the percentage of people where instead of it getting better, it got worse. So for a lot of people, as they get older and they go through adolescence and they become adults, it usually lessens or it goes away completely. For other people, 20% like myself, it actually gets worse. And mine did. My ticks and my twitches got worse. And now I'm dealing with a whole lot of pain. <laughs> and Tourette syndrome is now a very common disorder, which is pretty surreal because 15 years ago, it wasn't as common. And now we're looking at 200,000 cases in United States per year, making this a common disorder. However, it's still not researched enough for us to have the best treatments out there. So it is really important for us to push for that. So if you guys are listening and you have Tourette syndrome or you know someone with Tourette syndrome or you're interested in Tourette syndrome, please go ahead and visit the Tourette Association of America, which you can find on a Tourette.org. It is important for us to support, to be able to do anything we can 
to figure out a better way to treat Tourette's syndrome. So with Tourette's syndrome, it is a threefold. It is a behavior problem, a muscular problem, and a mood problem. When you have Tourette's syndrome, you tend to have some anxiety or other issues that come along with it. In my case, I was also diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, and borderline personality disorder along with my Tourette's syndrome. When it comes to muscular twitches, I have a ton of muscular twitches, which involve jerks. I do a neck jerk that is very, very painful. I also do a jerk where I extend my spine. I have different muscular movements. It affects how I feel. It, it affects if I'm withdrawn from a situation. It affects if I can focus or pay attention to certain situations and endure certain habits or not. So again, it does have a lot to do with your behavior, musculature, and your mood. So Tourette's syndrome really, really takes a hold of you, you know? And now I can talk about it and I can even smile about it now, but it's taken me a long time to do so. And when you listen to the podcast, you'll see me really chat about this, like just so nonchalant, right? Like it doesn't, it's, it's not that bad. It is guys. And I think that it's my way of coping with it. And also my way of feeling like, Hey, it can get better. Cause no matter how bad it is, everything can get better and we have to push to find better treatments and push to find better research. However, I do want to mention that 10 years ago, you would have asked me to talk about this. I wouldn't have. No way. I didn't like to talk about this. I was very ashamed of my disorders. And it was because I didn't want anyone to view me as someone with a disability or less than. I've always prided myself in my strength and my ability to get things done and to do anything that I put my mind to. So me accepting that I had these issues was not a reality that I wanted to face. If you would have told me 10 years ago that I was going to have a podcast where I was going to talk about these issues, I would have not believed you. No way, no how. I think that vulnerability breeds courage. And in the past, I thought the opposite. I thought if you were vulnerable, you were weak. And that was the only way I thought. So I was not going to be vulnerable. I was going to be strong. I was going to put on a mask. I was going to do everything I needed to do. Vulnerability was not an option. I was so wrong, guys, which is why I strive to do this podcast and advocate for mental health. The quicker we realize we have an issue, we accept the issue, and we also try to help others with these issues, the, the better everything's going to be because it does involve a people-centered mentality, right? When, when I started doing this, I started getting messages from people going, Hey, I really love the podcast. I can't believe you talked about this. I'm suffering through the same thing. Or my son is, or my friend is. And I was so shocked. And I was like, why didn't I do this before? I could have been helping a lot of people. I could have been at least sharing my story and making someone else feel like they're not alone, right? So it is really important for us to share our story and also to not feel bad or disappointed in ourselves for having this issues because it's not our fault. <laughs> it really isn't. With Tourette's syndrome, like I said, it is a nervous system disorder. It comes with repetitive movements, unwanted sounds. I just did one if you noticed it. And it's actually really painful. I do the neck twitch about uh, 75 to 150 times a day. And I've actually counted it. And I cannot tell you at the end of the day how much my back and spine hurt. It hurts a lot. Sometimes I have a tick where I expand my belly really fast and then contract it 
that ends up hurting my stomach. I just had surgery too for um, gallbladder and a couple of cysts in my uh, in my ovaries. So doing that expansion and contraction really hurts on my abdomen. I also hit things. So sometimes I'll come by and I'll smack something really hard and I'll hurt my finger or my nail will come off. It's painful. It's not fun. And uh, sometimes I laugh. Sometimes I cry because I can't control it. And it is really hard to come to terms with not being able to control your own body. So control is a big issue for me. And it has really fueled my OCD and my general anxiety. We'll get into that another time. But let's return to Tourette's. So there are certain treatments for Tourette's syndrome, including medication, usually antipsychotics. So I was on a medication called Haldol, which is an antipsychotic. For me, it did not work. It actually gave me hallucinations and delusions, and it actually made things a lot worse. However, I do advocate for medication. If it works for you, oh my goodness, please continue it. There's no shame in taking medication. And I am totally down to find new medication that may work. There's also therapy. And a big therapy for Tourette's syndrome is cognitive behavioral therapy, as well as exposure and response prevention, which is ERP. I have tried cognitive behavioral therapy, and it was rather, it was rather useful. And it did help me a lot, although I need to continue it. I have never tried ERP. Now, the reason I say I need to continue it is not because I just stopped because I was like, eh, I give up. It's because it's really expensive. And that's another reason why I advocate for mental health. The reality is that most of us cannot afford mental health, especially when our treatments are therapy like cognitive behavioral therapy or ERP or in Tourette's syndrome to relaxation, such as massage therapy and saunas and all of these things that are not cheap. You know, I've had doctors tell me, well, if you could get a massage five times a week, plus your therapy, plus medication, like we could really see some results. And I'm like, great, you know, I might be able to get the medication for free through maybe, you know, medical or insurance, but I'm not getting those therapies for free. And I'm not getting those massage massages for free. So imagine if a massage costs about, you know, an average of $100 an hour, that's $500 a week, I don't have $500 a week for massages. Most of us don't have that, which is, again, such a crazy thing to think about. I didn't choose to have Tourette's syndrome. I didn't put myself in a situation where I got it from substance abuse, even though that shouldn't matter anyway. Um, I was born with it. And it hasn't stopped me from doing anything. You know, I've gotten my bachelor's. I've I've worked just fine. I could I could do anything anyone else can. Maybe it'll take me a little bit of time and maybe I'll twitch and maybe it'll hurt. But my point is, why should I have to suffer to not be able to afford something that's going to help me when it wasn't my fault that I have it? So mental health advocacy is very important. We must make mental health affordable for everyone, anyone and everyone. Mental health should be affordable. With that said, my Tourette's has evolved somewhat. And this leads us into psychogenic seizures. So what is a psychogenic seizure? A psychogenic seizure, also known as PNES, is a non-epileptic seizure. And really the only way to be able to diagnose it is through video monitoring EEG. Now, 
I had an EEG done around, I want to say 2010. And that's when I was diagnosed with uh, psychogenic seizures. I was told this is not epilepsy. Okay, great. This is a psychogenic seizure, which it involves psychological factors. So basically, unlike epilepsy, this is due to a psychological factor. That's all I was told. And I was like, okay, so now what? <laughs> So when I was told that, I was getting about maybe one seizure every three months or so. However, now since about 2009 to recent time, which is 2021, I've been getting them a lot more often. I'll be getting them maybe once a month. Maybe there's a couple months where I'll get them two in one month. And that is a bummer because they are very painful. So what a psychogenic seizure for me looks like is basically a tick attack. It's where all my ticks come together and they just kind of come out at the same time. Unfortunately, I cannot control it. And even though I am conscious about what's happening, I can't make it stop. So let's rewind. The first time I ever had a psychogenic seizure, I was... 17 years old. Yes, I was 17 years old. And I had just had a fight with uh, a boyfriend that I had at that moment. And all of a sudden, I started to have this tick attack. And my mom came and picked me up and we went straight to the hospital. And I remember being in the backseat of the car, feeling cold, feeling like I was going to die, had no idea what was going on. So that happened. And it didn't really happen again. It would it maybe happened twice that year. And then as the years went by, like I said, maybe every three months, but uh, it has gotten worse. So with psychogenic seizures, it is really stressful and challenging to diagnose and to treat. Again, it is another issue where we need to research more and we need to have more accommodating treatments. So far, the treatment for psychogenic seizures is cognitive behavioral therapy, just like for Tourette's, and serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And serotonin reuptake inhibitors are also known sometimes as antidepressants. Now, I actually took fluoxetine, which is also known as Prozac, and I was also on Lustral. Once again, unfortunately, the medication didn't do me very well. And I tend to be the person that kind of gets all the side effects from them. And I did. Prozac just made me super sleepy, unmotivated. I didn't want to get out of bed. It just made me depressed, which I wasn't before. And it, it just didn't work. Lustrosol did the same thing for me. So once again, I advocate for medication. If it works for you, please do so. This is just me sharing my personal experience. It did not work for me, but that is a common treatment for psychogenic seizures. So I am still not sure if my Tourette syndrome has something to do with my psychogenic seizures, if they are one thing, if it's the tick attack from the Tourette syndrome that creates a psychogenic seizure. I am not sure and I'm still looking for answers. So I will definitely update you guys as I find more answers out. I wanted to share with you guys what a psychogenic seizure for me looked like. I don't have video or photos, but I am working on figuring out a way to be able to take a video so that you guys can see it. I will work on that. For now, I'm going to explain a little bit of what happens. I do want to give a huge shout out to my fiance, Jean Poncelet. He has been a godsend through these seizures because he knows exactly what to do. And we already have a system and I 
don't know what I would do without him, period. <laughs> so thank you again, JP, for absolutely everything you do for me, including helping me out with the seizures. So usually before the seizure begins, I do feel a little strange. So my day can go on pretty well, or maybe my day starts with me having a little bit of anxiety. And how anxiety looks for me is just, I, I'm a little bit edgy. I'm a little bit nervous for no reason. Uh, maybe my heart rate's a little bit high. I might be a little extra twitchy. I might not. But what I do feel is before the onset of the seizure, and this could be like 10 minutes to five minutes before, I do start getting more intense anxiety. I feel kind of displaced wherever I am. So if I'm in my living room or in my room, I kind of feel like I don't know where I am for just a second. And that gives me anxiety. And it could be, like I said, 10 minutes before, five minutes before, or even two minutes before. And then the seizure begins. My seizures are very much uh, in the chest and stomach area. So I'll begin to expand and contract very rapidly. I'll begin to twitch with my legs and that'll look like thrashing my legs and my shoulders as well. I will also begin with the neck tick back and forth. And then it's just kind of an unstoppable convulsion and movement. And usually what happens then, I'll let my fiance know that it's going on and he will put his body on top of mine and just pretty much try to control me so that I don't get too hurt. He'll hold my hands and he'll just be on top, making sure that my head is secure. Now, the last one that I had, which was last week, uh, it was unfortunate because I felt it coming. However, I had an urge to go to the restroom. So I went to pee. And when I went to wash my hands, it started. So as I was washing my hands, I felt like the convulsion just launched me to the wall. And as soon as I hit the wall, I hit my head on the wall and then I fell down. And that's when my uh, fiance came running into the bathroom and he was struggling to pick me up because even though I'm 113 pounds at that moment, when someone's convulsing, it's very hard to just pick them up. They're dead weight. So we finally got up to my feet and he held me as it passed. And then usually what I do after is he'll sit me down and he'll put ice on me right away just to, you know, stop the inflammation and the pain. And usually I'll be out for the whole next day because I'm sore, I'm in pain. And the thing about Tourette's is that it never ends. So even though you're super sore from a seizure, the ticks and twitches kind of go away for a couple hours, but then they come back. So now you're sore, you're in pain and you're ticking and twitching again, which is no fun. Moments like those really bum me out. And that's just the truth, because how can it not? You know, it's your body. You can't control it. It's hurting yourself, your mind, your body, but you're also hurting the people witnessing it, you know? So, you know, sometimes my mom, my mom has witnessed them or my mom will come home from work and know that I just had one. And I could see in her face the sadness, you know, and the, the hopelessness and the fear and inability to do something. And I can see that on my fiance's face too. And this is very dangerous because in the past, it has led me to believe that I'm a burden. And sometimes when you feel like you're a burden, you enter certain parts of your brain and you're depressed. And for me, it entered a whole realm of self-injury and suicidal thoughts. And I work really hard on that not happening again. But in those moments, it is really sad. It is really sad because 
One, you don't want to hurt yourself. Two, you don't want to hurt your family and your loved ones. You just want to have hope. You know, you just want to have hope that it can get better for yourself and your family. And I always go back to think, okay, it can be worse. And that's a good thing. I believe that's a good thing for me because I go, yeah, it could be worse. And this isn't that bad. But at the same time, sometimes I put myself way too up and I don't let myself just be like, hey, it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be bummed out and it's okay to cry and be like, man, this sucks because it does suck. It is painful. That's why I wanted to share more about it with you guys. Because before I was so embarrassed to share this, I'd be like, oh, I don't want anyone to know, you know, I don't want anyone to know that I'm that I'm weak or that I have these problems. But now I'm like, the hell with that. If anything, it makes me stronger because I have a psychogenic seizure. I take a day off and then I'm back at it. You know, I'm training, motivating my warriors. I'm, I'm getting things done. I'm running my own business. I'm studying for my next certification. So it only makes me stronger to be able to deal with these situations, fall down and then get myself back up. And for anyone else out there listening, whether it be Tourette syndrome or psychogenic seizures or any kind of disorder or any, any, anything that you're dealing with that makes you feel sad or hopeless, you're stronger than you think. You really are. And the reason I started the Warrior Room, which is my virtual platform where I give boot camps and yoga sessions and classes, the reason I called it the Warrior Room is because everyone's a warrior. You know, everyone that has been through things are warriors. And that doesn't mean just like, oh, I can physically go and run, you know, a six minute mile and I can jump super high and I can do all these crunches. That's that makes me a warrior. Yeah, that's good. That makes you a gym warrior. That's awesome. But all these people dealing with existential problems, with mental disorders, with mental issues, the fact that they're going on every single day, that's a warrior. We all fight our battles, whether they're physical battles or mental battles or emotional battles. And the fact that every time we get back up makes us warriors, guys. So if you're listening out there and you're sad and you feel hopeless and you're going through something that's just really, really shitty, I am here. And not just me, there are plenty of advocates out there that I hear for you guys to let you know, one, that you're not alone, that maybe we're going through similar things, and two, that together as a community, we can help each other and we can make things better for the next generation and the next group of people so that they don't have to suffer maybe as much as we did. So as far as psychogenic seizures, guys, and Tourette syndrome, you guys can also refer to my season one episode on Tourette syndrome, where I kind of dive into a lot more of what Tourette syndrome is and how I went through it. Uh, with psychogenic seizures, this is the first time, actually, I think I, I spoke about it too in season one, but um, I will get more in depth with this subject in season three. And I actually am hoping to have a very special guest who knows a lot about psychogenic seizures. So please stay tuned. And you know what? I just wanted to keep it simple today. I wanted to keep it fun. I wanted, I guess not fun, right? Talking about all these things, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I wanted to, I wanted just us to, to hang out a little bit with no guests and just talk about certain issues that uh, you may be dealing with, whether that is Tourette syndrome. I know I've met a lot of people with Tourette syndrome lately through Instagram. I've met a lot of people in uh, Mexico with Syndrome de Tauret. And it's been, it's been really nice to know that there's a community out there and that people are more outspoken about it. And there's nothing to be embarrassed about. And 
we should be able to share our story and be proud of who we are. As far as psychogenic seizures, I haven't had the pleasure yet of meeting a lot of people, but I'm looking to find a bigger community. So if you're out there and you suffer from non-epileptic seizures or any seizure that comes from psychological factors, please, 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 if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. If you if you need to find me, you guys can find me on Instagram at with folklore. Uh, that's at with underscore folk underscore lore. And you guys can please send me a DM. Let's talk. I want to find out more about the community and psychogenic seizures. Well, I just wanted to thank you guys for joining me today. Again, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you haven't already, go to season one. All of season one is just me talking about my diagnosis. We go through Tourette syndrome, obsessive compulsive disorder, borderline personality disorder, and generalized anxiety disorder. The second season has guests, guys, and we have great guests. We talk about sobriety uh, with JP and Big Joe sharing their story. We talk about art therapy and dyslexia with Jen Marshall. We talk about borderline personality disorder with a great BPD advocate, Zanny. We talk about cannabis with an excellent cannabis advocate, Miss Kate. So make sure to check it out. And next episode, which will be our season finale, comes out on March 22nd. It will be with me and my mom so that my mom can share a parent's perspective on mental health and we can really dive in on that perspective. So if there's any parents out there listening, uh, you can hear my mom's story. I am 32 years old and she has had to deal with this my whole life as a single parent. So I can't wait to be able to share what a wonderful woman she is with you guys. She is my superhero. She's what I look up to. She's my pride and joy. I absolutely love my mom. So I can't wait to share that with you guys. So thank you again, guys. And I am going to ask if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you haven't given us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Amazon, please go ahead and maybe give us a couple stars and some comments. Tell us what you guys think. It really is important for me because mental health advocacy has become my number one priority. I know that it's not just me. I know that a lot of people out there are struggling and they're advocating as well. So let's get together. Let's be strong and let's fight so that mental health is affordable for everyone and anyone. Thank you so much, guys. We will see you next time here on the Wellness of Madness podcast.